I now call on the Nobel Peace Prize laureate of 2016 to step forward to receive the diploma and the gold medal. The 2016 Nobel Prize for Peace was awarded to Juan Manuel Santos, then President of Colombia, in recognition of his efforts to end Colombia's interminable internal conflict with various tedious narco-Marxist guerrilla groups. If you'll forgive the crashing cross-promotional plug, you can hear President Santos talking all about this and more besides in episode 343 of The Foreign Desk and episode 142 of The Big Interview, both well worth a listen in the admittedly partial opinion of this broadcaster. This week, however, Colombia's current president, Gustavo Petro, announced that Colombia was going back to war with one particular mob of tiresome gangsters who trade as the Gulf Clan. President Petro announced that the Gulf Clan had breached a ceasefire agreement and that they were, quote, sowing anxiety and terror, unquote. Specifically, Gulf Clan were accused of conspiring with illegal gold miners to blow up an aqueduct and shooting at police officers. If the Clan del Golfo is behind this, as everything points towards, then they have no desire for peace. Instead, in their minds, what they have desire to is to defend the illegal economies like mining and drug trafficking. La minería o el narcotráfico. President Petro instructed Colombia's security forces to get after them. On Tuesday, Colombia's army claimed it had killed two Gulf Clan members and captured a local leader. An off-duty soldier died in apparent retaliatory action by the Clan. There will doubtless be more where this came from. Probably the best place to start here is with the peace agreement which won Santos his Nobel Prize. By 2016, Colombia's civil war had been grinding on for half a century in one form or another, and negotiations to end it for nearly half that half century. The deal eventually done between Colombia's government and the largest and most pestilential of the guerrilla groups, the Fuerzas Armadas Revolucionarias de Colombia, better known and carefully pronounced as FARC, was flawed and muddled, but then pretty much all peace agreements are. If there had been no need for compromise, there would not have been a conflict. In our constitution, one of the obligations of every citizen, starting with the president, is to seek peace. And uh, some people uh, think that uh, the peace can be achieved by killing the last member of the FARC. And that is not uh, possible, and this is not the way. Colombians were unsure about it. When the initial deal, which included supporting FARC's transition into party politics, was put to the people in a referendum, it was rejected, surprisingly, if narrowly, on a wretchedly low turnout. Many Colombians remained understandably disinclined to offer FARC any kind of reward for deigning to knock their nonsense off and abide by the laws that everyone else did, a common obstacle in forging such agreements. I called on you to decide, if you back or not, the accords to end the conflict with the FARC. And the majority has said no, albeit by a very narrow margin. Now we are all together going to decide between the path that we should take so that peace, this peace that we all want, is possible and to come out of this stronger. I will not give up. 
No me rendiré. Nevertheless, a revised deal was signed and ratified by Congress without asking the voting public what they made of the alterations. FARC rebranded as the political party now known as Commons. They currently hold five seats each in both the House of Representatives and the Senate, a quota guaranteed them until 2026 by the peace deal and are part of the governing coalition. But while FARC were the biggest Colombian paramilitary outfit, they were far from the only bunch of intransigent ratbags at large in Colombia's jungles. And some, indeed, were only too happy to fill the gap in the market, which appeared when FARC went more or less legit. Enter the Gulf Clan. At least 25 officers have been killed so far this year. Dozens more have been injured in attacks using firearms and explosives. Colombians have mourned the dead in vigils nationwide. Based in Uraba, Antioquia, which cradles the Gulf of Uraba near Colombia's border with Panama, the Gulf Clan has become Colombia's biggest and best-armed cartel. Estimates of the degree to which they have cornered Colombia's cocaine trade vary between 30 and 60%, despite the significant blows occasionally landed upon them. In 2012, clan boss Juan de Dios Usuga was killed by Colombian police. In October 2021, his successor and brother, Dairo Antonio Usuga, known as Otoniel, was captured by Colombia's military and later extradited to the United States. In January, he pleaded guilty, is awaiting sentence, and the betting hovers around the 20-year figure. But the Gulf clan persist. When President Petro was elected in 2022, he promised a new approach to dealing with Colombia's armed groups, heavier on the carrots, lighter on the stick. We call on all those who are armed to leave their arms in the haze of the past, to accept legal benefits in exchange for peace. There was some hope that the less boastworthy aspects of Petro's own CV might actually be an advantage in forging understanding. As a young man under the nom de guerre Aureliano, he carried a gun with the revolutionary group M19 and spent 18 months in prison as a consequence. M19 were eventually persuaded to pack it in in favour of embracing party politics. President Petro may have hoped for similar results from what he optimistically declared his total peace plan. The good-ish news is that part of Petro's total peace plan does still seem to be on track. Colombia's oldest active paramilitary group, the indefatigable Guevaraist weirdos the National Liberation Army, or ELN, are continuing tentative peace talks. And the stakes remain considerable. Last year, Colombia's Truth Commission, established by President Santos's peace deal, reckoned that six decades of ebbing and flowing civil war had killed at least 450,644 people. The gruesome euphemism, disappeared, was applied to 120,768 more, all of which is to say nothing of immeasurable injury, trauma and displacement. Colombians obviously do not want a return to any of this. But the bad news is that the Gulf clan may not much care whether Colombia returns to this or not. For Monocle24, I'm Andrew Muller.